It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., you don't even need a passport. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Go to visitusvi.com to plan your next vacation. Visit usvi.com. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas in May. I cannot wait. USVI and naturally in rhythm. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. I'm Angela Yee. Jasmine Brand is here. Yes. And we have a first timer on Way Up with Angela Yee. Actually, our first interview ever. Grace Harry is here. Thank you. I'm a virgin here. Yes, she is. We're going to pop your cherry. Yes. yes. Can't wait. Um, and you have a book, and you are a joy strategist. Yes. And I remember when we had a conversation about this, I didn't know what it was. Yes. So let's just start off with what a joy strategist does, what you do. I made it up. <laughs> and I made it up because we just got so specific about how we're supposed to live our lives. You know, like all these rules and things that we no longer have fact-checked against our own heart. And so there's a way we're supposed to live life to be in service with other people and do the right thing and make everyone happy, which is really against the strategy of our own hearts. Mm. Doing things to please other people mm -hmm. sometimes can be. <laughs> and I feel, and I'm a people pleaser, you know, but I also enjoy like doing positive things for people. But sometimes you do have to say no. Um, yeah. Well, I think the, the issue is that we're all people pleasers. Mm -hmm. You know, we're born into these families and they have a concept of what we're supposed to do to be and stay in those families. And so being in service gets very complicated. And, and uh, you know, a lot of religions and spiritualities mm -hmm. kind of have their own language, how to squish in service to others. But really, it's service to yourself. Right. It's being on the airplane and putting your own mask on first is really what I'm talking about. When did you know that you had like a joy deficit or that you needed, you know? What? I love a joy deficit. <laughs> or when you needed joy. At what moment? <laughs> yeah, I was sitting in a very aspirational life. You know, I was sitting in a life that people felt was the life to have. And I felt very empty and sad inside. And... You know, it would be easy for me at that time and in the height of my, I say I'm a recovering people pleaser, fear of rejectionite. Mm -hmm. So in the height of that, I just, I wanted you to like me. I wanted you to want to be around me. I wanted to be wanted. And that created a, a another grace that created a different kind of person. And I would find myself talking inside my head, you know, not having, I would be sitting here with you and you'd ask me a question and I'd be calculating the right answer. Mm. And that's exhausting. Right. And most it, it of us. It can be tiring. It can be tiring, yeah. right? It's an entire persona of something else. Um, and then I started watching my own kids and how they don't give 
Can I curse? Yeah. yeah. It's a cursing show. <laughs> we, like, we, we like cursing. Great. They didn't give 10,000 hairy fucks. You know, it's like they had their own needs. And at the same time, I believe kids do as you do, not as you say. So I'm mirroring for them a behavior and a, even a, a love behavior that I don't want to see in my children as adults and see my grandkids and my grandkids' grandkids bring forth, especially as women. You know what I love about Grace? She's very honest about a lot of things. So I want to have like a whole open, honest conversation yes, because when I first met Grace, um, she was like, what have you heard about me? And I that's was the like, question that I asked. That's, 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 <laughs> you, you that's different. You and, know why? I live in a little bubble. Yeah, I do yeah. my own thing, but I like to know. Right, right. And I was like, woo, that's a loaded question because, um, so for people listening, there's a lot of, if you Google Grace, you know, and this has to be a, somewhat annoying to see like who you've been affiliated with always comes up like as one of the first things. Mm-hmm. It'll be like Usher's ex-wife because you guys were together, you were married, you ended up getting divorced. But even before that, I knew who you were because I knew your first husband from doing a mixed show power summit. Yes, Renee, the best. Yes, Renee McLean. So I remember you from back in those days. And for people who don't know what the mixed show power summit was, it was like a huge annual event for all of the DJs and the labels to be able to showcase the new artists in front of the DJs. It would be like in Dominican Republic or Ooh, in Puerto Rico. Fun. But it was like a real flyaway <laughs> trip. And I feel like you were very involved in that too because it was always Renee and Grace, Renee and Grace. You know, back then, so I didn't, and that's who you have your two children with, right? Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, but before that, you actually were an executive chef. Yes. For the Cosby show. Yes. Wait a minute, that's random. Yeah. Okay. First of all, <laughs> yes, I, I like to say, it's my mm-hmm. new line because it's been coming up recently that Usher's amazing, but mm-hmm. him being my third husband is the least interesting thing about me. <laughs> Having nothing to do with him. He was you know? your third husband? Yes. Okay. And amazing. Okay. Like, you know, amazing. Renee was first? Renee was Who was first. second? Lou Miguel Ludwig von Erhard Miguel. What did, what did he do? He's a producer. Okay. Yeah. What did he do? I was like, yeah. All, you got all all well known exes. All right. I get. Yeah. Renee, I'm proud of him. I actually was not a part of the Mix Show Power Summit. Mm-hmm. What we did together was we did a thing called. Um, oh, I'm blanking. This is how old I am. Fifty three. Uh, the rap roast. Okay. And what we did is because I always it was really important to me that we have these big gifts in life and that we always do a, a give back, especially to the communities that supported us. Mm-hmm. I was a few years ago with a bunch of rappers I won't name now <laughs> and they were all sitting around talking about how fucked up it is that this is happening and this is happening in these communities that they came from but nobody's living in those communities. Right. And so that concept that if we we can give back but if we're not in a community fixing the school and, and walking the neighborhood and, and buying from a local, you mm-hmm. know, we really can't do a, a give back. So this concept was to roast some of the music industry so that we can get people to come and want to just rub up on these people. But also every single end was giving money or support to a charity that came from their community. Okay. So I loved that and we did that structure. And as we were ending, I think Usher, I mean Usher, Renee, see I can't keep him straight. <laughs> Renee was um, leaving Interscope mm-hmm. and wanted to do something else and was loving the DJs and wanted the DJs to have a different kind of autonomy with their career. And I, I feel like that's what birthed the Mixed Show Power Summit. Right, because I was working for Eminem at the time, so they were a huge sponsor. So I was very involved, like I had to be there. And there weren't a lot of women there, I will say mm. that. That's so, not surprising. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of the DJs are men. men yeah. And a lot of the people that worked at labels and promotions were, at that time, men, men. also. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so um, let's get back to, to who you are. Because when you asked me that, I was like, okay, what can I tell her? You know, that I've heard, because I, I didn't know you before that. I've right. only heard stories. I knew the Bonita Applebum story, that that Q-Tip, who you dated in the past, that song was about you. 
Um, and I saw you talking to Torre. I like to kiss you where some brothers won't. And talking about how uh, black men weren't known to do oral sex. In yeah, that- you know, when did it become, What around what time did it become cool for them to start admitting it? And you know what's a funny question? My daughter and I were talking about that the other day because you can even see, I, I like to, okay. I'm not don't get on a soapbox, but all my male <laughs> music industry friends want to debate me on the current female rapper. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of thoughts about that. Okay, a please. Lot of feelings. Good, but what's interesting to me about that is <clears throat> I found that there was early times where male and I hate making all these things of of verses, but um males were very vocal about what you could do for them, mm-hmm. but they what they were not gonna <laughs> right. do. Yeah. And I feel like that was a part of the music and the culture even mm-hmm. in the eighties and you know. It was a very 70s. Caribbean thing too. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. not to. Not to. Not men, don't, men don't do that. Like Jamaican right. men in particular, right, 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 they'll right. let you know, like, they're not supposed to do that. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. But, but at what point did, when did rappers start talking so, about? So what, what I want to ask you a question is, remember um, the, the, the um, Little Wayne song? Uh-huh. I feel like he was one of the first to, to be say, talking about eating. Right. Yeah, like, I do this and like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I could, be, I could be giving God credit him. to the wrong yeah. person. But thank but you, God, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> thank you, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has Give him his flowers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good place to have flowers. I literally have been doing these. I mean, this is a whole other thing. But working during the pandemic, I was working with a lot of people who are starting creating businesses. And that was a big part of the strategy. Mm-hmm. As soon as the doors closed, all of a sudden, people were looking at this person on their left or right. And they weren't in their big life like, Who's you? Right. And what do I want with you in this new space? Who is you? And um, it became a real conversation around intimacy. Right. And slowing down and connecting. And so that's a big topic. So anyone who's out there promoting just connecting in a way where everyone's having pleasure, I'm all for it. Yeah. And you definitely are. And like, you know, just even the conversations that we were having. So you also, while we were out there, I want to talk about this because it's not as taboo anymore. <laughs> I knew I know where this is going. I know. I think I know where it's going. <laughs> the shrooms. I I just told Ultra <laughs> that in the green room. And I and I feel like that has changed so quickly. There was a period of time when it was like shrooms are terrible. What is wrong with you? And I've always enjoyed it from when I first did it. I probably the first time I did it was probably like over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was you not, was doing it before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> even when I was on the Breakfast Club, they would be like, "Oh, you do that, like you know." And then now everybody's like, "Oh, I'm microdosing." <laughs> yeah, know. it's a nice buzzword now. Yeah, it, it is a, a thing, and you can actually buy it, like inside of chocolate and things like that. And people are coming out like with their own lines. So, can you talk about um, what that's done for you? Yeah, I, and and, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because. Again, the big, the biggest part of my book that I want everyone to take away, uh, two things. One, who said, you know, who said this is called a microphone? Mm-hmm. Who said that's called a door? So if we can start to look at life that way, we can decide what really feels good for us and what we want to, who do we want in our life and what do we enjoy? And the second thing is we live in a world where we do the thing that's sanctioned as right. You know, and I'm not penalizing alcohol or anything else, but there's a lot of ways to disconnect and very few ways to, to be enhanced and supported to, to go inside and do some inner systemic change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, ooh, I think I must have been like 14, and I was in this wilderness survival camp group, and <laughs> I was bitten by a poisonous snake. This is a whole weird story. <laughs> and it was in that moment I had these strange dreams, and I got to some things that I was wrestling. I mean, what was happening in my 14-year-old life or 13-year-old life, but <clears throat> things felt more clear. Um, and it was through that journey that I started to lean into other indigenous practices and started going and I had a, a peyote experience. And and I really do, I do not enjoy some, the, okay, I'm not going to make it, I talk about this all the time, but 
I find that people then take these experiences and without integration and without really the work aspect in that, they mm -hmm. think it's a party drug. And so for me, it was very serious to not only start to, to experiment with things, but experiment with things inside the lineage of from where they came. Okay. You know, not just where they were created, but also the, prop, the proper ritual and practice around how to do that. Um, and leaned into it, and I'm proud that I'm a lot of people that we all know is first. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people are like, I first ever did mushrooms with, with Grace. And to me, that wasn't to play with people outside and be in a club experience. It was that we all, especially as creators, right? right? Mm -hmm. We have so many parts of ourselves. And it's a very complicated thing in this world to know which part of yourself is safe to lead with. Right. right? You're Angela, you're Jasmine. There's a version of you that's here that's different than the version of you that's in the bathroom, that's with your friends that you've known your whole life, that's with a partner. And it's so important to learn how to integrate all those parts mm -hmm. and not penalize any one version, but learn right. to stand up in the truth of you and ha and be supported by all these other experiences. In a safe so, space, too, yeah. by the way. To Mostly know that, in a yeah. safe space. Yeah, that's important. And as we're talking about different versions of ourselves, one thing you talk about in this book, um, whenever you're looking for something outside of yourself, you're missing something in your own life. And I, Explain and I think, that, please. And I think that's important, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, there's these expectations, like you said, uh, for women that we're supposed to be married at a certain age, have children at a certain age. And so how did that make you earlier live your life? Oh, I was the poster child of outside successing. You know, it was absolutely not about me. And, and what really turned me around was getting to, as I said, this aspirational version of my life, where I work, who I'm married to, but none of those things felt good inside my body. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's leaning into what actually feels good for you. And where that starts is the permission. Mm -hmm. You know, back to us as, as women, as humans, as, as, as brown humans, there's so many rules and regulations that we feel we have to abide by to, to kind of survive in this world. But getting into the truth of who you are and what really feels good and being a pioneer of your own heart, mm -hmm. that's inner systemic change. Right. And we can't make changes unless we really go in and do the internal work with anybody. What, is, I, mm, okay. what does the internal work look like? It really, and, and I say this and it always sounds so coy, like it's different for everyone, but mm -hmm. it really freaking is. Mm -hmm. you know, some people. What was it like for you? For me, it was first admitting that something wasn't feeling good because that felt I felt like an asshole. You know, I'm so blessed. I've had such an incredibly blessed life. Right. How could I sit here and shit on any version of it? What does that mean about me? What kind of person am I? Um, and it really was leaning into my life coach, my 28-year-old daughter, um, <laughs> who just, she gave me that perspective that I was, as you see, I was running around the world like, what do you think of me? Aww. And um, she gave me this really beautiful perspective that is, I think that you're an incredible person and you love to infuse happiness and joy in other people. But you don't give that to yourself. Right. And that to me felt like the biggest fraud because how can we how can we promote something that we don't live? Yeah. And that's really important Absolutely. to me to promote it. And so it was complicated. You know, people in my life that I was married to or friends with were not recognizing me quickly as I stopped being the person who would talk to you. But I'm talking inside my head the whole time because I don't want to say the thing that's wrong or the thing that's going to make you unhappy to being the person who was like, nah, now I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't feel good. I don't like that. But we have a GPS. Right. It's our own hearts. I'm not the joy strategist. Your heart is. And when we don't listen to them. But we'll have an Uber. I had an Uber a few <laughs> weeks ago who fought me tooth and nail that this was the address I was going to because <laughs> the GPS said it. And, and I like, said, I grew up in this fucking house. Right. I know. <laughs> I know I'm, where yeah. I am. <laughs> right. But it really just re-reminded me that when we have these things that are strong in us, when we, when we really focus these tools to guide us, they work. And we have it in our own hearts. We're just afraid by society and propaganda mm -hmm. and 
But we have these things that are passed down about love. You know, I had a woman who remained nameless, God rest her soul, who told me when you get married the first time, she said, let your husband get on and and do his business. Right. I, oh. Because you're, someone else will do it if you don't do it. That is the worst advice I've ever heard in right. my life. Because basically it was, it's not about you. And I'm not even dissing that there was a reality of time and life where that was a real life that was a necessity. Norm, yeah. You know what? Because that could mean your life or your safety or the or the or the feeding of your children or you know whatever. But now we we know too much mm-hmm. and we're too aware and we can make this new concept of of female liberation another tagline mm-hmm. or we can fucking be about it. And what that means is showing other women who are younger and people who are less courageous that we choose ourselves first. Have you ever been with someone who was like, you don't have to work anymore. I'll take care of you. Yes. And you can. <laughs> she said yes. <laughs> yes. Because you've always worked. Was that something that because I've heard that happen. I've actually had somebody say that to me in the past and it did not sit well with me. So what did, what were your thoughts when when that happened? I think with everything, it's intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's some, there's a version of that where I say, Jasmine, you've been working hard. You're amazing. I love you. I want you to have this opportunity to change your life. And just in the way, if I have a, a partner who's who's trying to become a doctor mm-hmm. and they're spending years in medical school, well, now it's your turn. Right. And I want to support you and supporting me and where we are now. That's a beautiful gesture. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to you know, this is um, the Four Agreements. I don't know if you've ever read that mm-hmm. book. Yeah. How they talk about we're two. Where what do they say? Like our skin is raw, and we're just pain bodies hitting each other's skin all the time. So often that kind of gesture comes with a lot of strings attached. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you said it earlier. Right? What does that mean? Yeah. What is it? What am I? What is it? You don't have to work again outside. But what kind of work do I have to do in this in- house? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in in his bedroom, in his house. I I fuck you all night. Like, come on now. So, so I just go to work. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. It's like with every single thing, you know. We we've lived life, especially myself. I lived this life of like, pick me, you know. But really, life is a supermarket. Yeah. And we walk in, and I'm like, I want everything on aisle five. I want nothing on aisle seven. And we deserve to live that way. What do you think about this whole uh, Jada Pickett Smith? I knew you were going to ask You know I was. I was like, Grace is coming. We got to talk to her about that. Because I see her getting a lot of flack, right, on social media. (laughs) And people are doing memes. And they're like, okay, that's enough. We don't. But she does have a book that is out Mm -hmm. um, at this point. And Will Smith has discussed things in the past about their relationship. And it is her truth to tell. Is it ever too much? Ooh, okay, can I answer this in five different ways? You can do whatever ways? you want. Because, um, you know, I have a thing about talking about people when they're not here. And the reason I say that is because we don't know, mm-hmm. right? And if, if I'm not in the room and you are, we're naked all together, I don't really know. But we know what she's telling no, no, us in we, her I'm, interviews. No, right. totally, totally. But what I'm saying is, so I start there. Mm-hmm. I start there just because that's the truth of all of us. And if we can hold that a little bit, that's a good start. The second part is, with everything, it's not about exactly what Jada is saying. And by the way, I live in a little bubble, so I haven't really seen anything. And this morning, in this preparation, I just deep dive like, a whole bunch of memes. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> um, but I think the bigger issue is is brown love, period. Mm-hmm. You know, back to all the rules and the, the, the roles we're supposed to play. We have to take that back a little further. And we're seeing other cultures really lean into that kind of decision about who we want to show up for in partnership. And yet, I don't know if we, brown people, have that same kind of permission. Because we don't really have that permission in life to just make up our own rules in a lot of ways. But I feel that we are 
opening up in our hearts to new ideas, but we're not really creating the structures around how to do that, supporting and caring about other people's hearts mm -hmm. as well. So what I see when I see that whole situation, and um, I actually hit Amir this morning about that because I happened to be at the Oscars when all that went down, um, and it was a fascinating thing, thing to see. And what I really saw, even from that first moment with Chris and Will and Amir and, and Questlove, was much more of a non-permission to be who you really fucking are. Right. Like, that's, let's start there. Like, who is Will in his truth? Who is Will as a man? What is the role that he feels he has to stand up to and be in order to be in love with this person? And what are her expectations and rules around that? And if we could start getting a little bit honest, even as we enter relationships, about what we actually need and how we actually feel. I read this book years ago with a, a, a not a good title called Getting to I Do. Dumb title. <laughs> but she's 90, yeah. because not everyone's trying to get married right. here. She was a 97-year-old woman, and she is, um, was a relationship coach. And the whole book is about if you want to be cherished, right, and that's your goal, then don't be the boss at home and be running up things. And that's not even a male-female thing. That's just, oh, I want to be cherished. So I don't want to make, and I say this all the time, strong women are always misunderstood. Because we don't want to make all the decisions. We want someone else strong enough to make us a sub because <laughs> we trust that they could be the dom. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. strong enough to let me relax and be in this position. So that we don't have to make all the decisions on everything because I know you're going to figure it out, do the right thing, and take care of it. That's right. And I've given mm -hmm. you permission to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, just because I'm a boss in here doesn't mean I want to get home and be the boss. Right. I want to actually have a place where I can sit on someone's lap and, and be in a ball. I want a place where I can be. So when I pulled the whole situation back and just looked at all three of them, I don't know well, or Jada, but I know Chris and I know uh, uh, Questlove well. And what I saw to me was this new concept of how we actually are living in this world in love with ourselves and how do we relate to that with other people. So is it too much? Yes. Would I give personal details about my partners in that way? Absolutely not. That's right. their story to tell. But I don't really, I don't know the inner dynamics of their relationship. I don't know really what the pain and the things they're actually battling and trying to bring forth in the conversation. But what I do know is that they need to create a new deal memo all the way around. <laughs> they, there's a new deal memo that need, and I think everyone should. Mm -hmm. I think every three months with your friends, with your partners. Three <laughs> months is kind of short. But that's the world we live in now. Three it months. changes every day. Okay, listen. Uh -huh. We make a trip three months ago. We're going to go to Jamaica. We're going to go on this thing. We're right. You might be in a completely different place of life. The trip is coming up. I'm going to call you and say, oh, I know you just started that job. I know you're in this new partnership. And plus, Jasmine will back out at the last minute. I will. Yeah, I'm because Jasmine She's will back out. out. I told her I'm I that said, girl, yeah. But I'm proud of you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like that before. She has a kid now. I have a kid I think now. That's it just made it. it different. But also... You're welcome to yourself. Okay. Because you. literally, and you know, with integrity, you know, it's not like you're at the airport and Angela's waiting for <laughs> yeah. you. No, it's happened. But to there me. are real not times. Not with me. No, no. <laughs> but there are real times where I, and, and for me, this has been the worst and the hardest part because I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to be. Mm -hmm. But recently, yeah, I'll make a plan because I'm like a five year old and I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Then the day of, I want to go to my bed. It'd right. be sounding fun at the time. You know what? And that's the struggle for me is that there's a lot of times I'm exhausted and I don't want to do something, but I also feel. Like, I shouldn't back out of things because if I give my word, I want people to feel like I'm still a good friend, still reliable. Because most of the time I don't feel like doing things, but I know. And then when I get there, I'm okay. And so I will say that. Like, there's, and you know that, like, there's a lot of times that I will say, yes, I'll do this. And then it's like, oh man, I don't feel like it. And I'm it. telling her, like, well, let's just not do it. But and she's else. like, I know I, but you know, I will also say that Angela and I are close friends. And a lot of times I don't ask her. 
to do things or for things because I know even if she don't want to do it, she'll say yeah. Mm. She'll do it anyway. She, she's friend. at yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's kind of like part of people pleasing though, right? Oh, yes. And then but, I know with Jasmine, if she says yeah, there's a chance that she's not going to do it. So I'm always got a backup situation ready just in case. Yeah. But how about we just do a new, demo, new, a new deal memo mm-hmm. with yourself? Okay. What, right? is, how's that look, what does that look like? So it looks like because I'm the same. I want to say yes to everything. So now I have 24 hours. I don't say yes to anything until I've okay. You know, I let you know tomorrow. Can you give me twenty four hours, or what's what up to what time? Can I tell you? Right. So I can really fill into it. Another thing for people like I like that. Yeah, for people like you and I is to create a negative space calendar. I had to do this (laughs) because I wanted to do all these things for myself, and then all of a sudden I've you know consulted on this and had this talk and saved this person and help. And there was no time for me. So I created a negative space. Hey, it's Angela Yee from Way Up with Angela Yee. Imagine swapping your car keys for a chance to move your body, better mental health, connecting with your community, and creating memories without spending money. Join me and embrace nature's pace by taking a walk, hike, or a bike ride with Rails to Trails Conservancy. Because our time on the trail is so much more than a day outside. Get ideas for getting outside at reelstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender calendar it has the time i'm working but it has like the dance class i want to go to Mm -hmm. and this and those are critical because what would happen is if i didn't see anything in my schedule you you didn't know how to say yeah then i would i didn't know how to say no so now i look at that true schedule you know you have a nap in there Mm -hmm. lunch with yourself (laughs) you're taking a morning walk whatever the hell it is that makes you feel good and then you can't say yes to things until you've checked all the boxes for angela right you need to do that angela okay we could do it together Okay. I made a little a little outline a little, thing. Yeah, listen, you can find some of these uh, uh, tools and tricks in uh, the Joy Strategist. I also want to talk about spending time, like you said, with yourself, because it feels like you um, you've said this that masturbation is also and being able to touch yourself is really important as far as being in tune with yourself. All right, so can we talk about that a little bit? Because Jasmine, do you masturbate often? Um, I don't know. I don't know about often, but, we, <laughs> but I, my toy that you gave me, I do masturbate okay. with my toy. But I feel like this is a little probably TMI, but I feel like it's like desensitized me a little bit. Yes and yes. So <laughs> yes have, and yes. I had to lay off on the on the toy because <laughs> good. Somebody okay. was like, "Wait a minute, it's not." Yeah, who made those? <laughs> and also, they're right there intense. Yeah, Which they're like beaten up after. It is. Like, it, I feel like it kind of desens- desensitizes okay. us sometimes, at least from from my situation well what jasmine just hit on the head life desensitizing life desensitizing because <laughs> the thing is is that before even masturbation you know this i had a group of friends back to this people who were asking me to work on their business pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and then post uh, during we're like 
how do I... So we had all these new breakups. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing friends of mine going on the first new date. And it's going very, very terribly. And <laughs> it's going very terribly. Very terribly. One of them came to me and said, oh, I was on this new date. I mm-hmm. said, how'd it go? We started kissing. And then she said, I'm good. And I said, oh, that's terrible. If a woman <laughs> says, I'm good, you did something not great. And I realized that we live in a fast, fast world. So we don't even know that what intimacy is. Right. And before we even get to touching our own anything, let's slow it down. Slow it down. Well, if you take your own arm and you just touch yourself so soft, like hovering on the top of your arm, and then take a long time to get to your wrist, you'll turn yourself on. Mm-hmm. But we don't take that soft, slow time with ourselves. So before you even get to masturbating, just being sexy with yourself. Right. Passing a mirror and looking in your own eyes and really being your own best lover. Because we're very critical of ourselves. Yes. Oh, yes. I find a lot of times you're like, I need to fix this. I need to do something. I don't like the way this looks. Oh, I, I am the poster child yeah. of, of obliterating myself in a mirror. And it took me a long time. And I read a book, a spiritual book years ago called uh, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. And the first exercise was looking in a mirror in your own eyes. It took me months. It took me months to achieve that. And then I stopped trying to be like, oh, I'm gorgeous. And that's why I could look in my own eyes. And instead be like, oh, I have eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I have eyes. Right. And just take it back from beauty and these, again, these other concepts that people have created for us and pull it back to what do we like about ourselves? I am grateful that I fed my daughter this morning, even though I'm exhausted, working four jobs, whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, taking it and slowing it down. Yeah. And then, yes, we're animals. If you have a part of your body that never gets used, it's not going to be the thing that's the loudest on you. So if there's no sexiness or juiciness in your body, how as animals are we going to be out in the world being attracted to each other? Right. There's nothing going on. What am I connecting to? So I, I feel like masturbation is very advanced math for people who've been raised in very spiritual or religious you know, homes or, or institutions. But it doesn't even need to be that dramatic. It mm-hmm. just needs to be touching your own skin. Touching my own arm. Touching yeah. your own, whatever. <laughs> Think about this. If you are, uh, uh, you, after work, you go home, you're exhausted. You have to feed yourself, but you're tired. You don't feel like it. You don't want to take a shower. It's exhausting. But let a booty call <laughs> hit you up at 11 o'clock. in that shower. Yeah, shower, going to make a yeah. meal. It's like in yeah. Clueless when she puts the block <laughs> yeah. of cookies in the oven. Remember, she's like, really, really tired. Maybe just a wet wipe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the way, for yeah. real. Yeah. There's a lot of good brands now. There's for like sure. Honey, Definitely honey been here. pot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, honey pot. I love that yeah. woman. Mm-hmm. So, but, it, but in seriousness, get sexy with yourself. Right. Just slow it down. Like, enjoy yourself the way you would. If you're trying to make someone else feel that you were worth enjoying. And one of the things in the book you do talk about is also spending one or three minutes writing or drawing what you're proud of yourself for. Yes. Since we kind of talked about that. And listen, I'm a big fan of celebrating like small things, you know, and I always tell you that, like, what do we do today? OK, well, let's celebrate that just because we do have so many small wins that sometimes we don't acknowledge or take the time to be like, I'm proud of myself for this. A thousand percent. Oh, um, when you're on, listen, when you're around artists, I'd be on set recording, doing a video, and an artist would come out. I mean, like, Jay-Z would walk out of the trailer, and everyone's like, he walked outside, <laughs> you know? And that's when I started thinking, no one's out there cheering when I walk outside. Right, right, right. I also brush my teeth and put on a T-shirt. <laughs> right. Where's my fucking cheering section? But we are. I saw this woman on social media. Her alarm clock is applause. So when she wakes up I, in the oh, morning, I think I'm going to do that. Genius. I'm going to yeah. change. I'm going to do that. I'm so borrowing that. Like applauding when yes. she's getting up. Like so, that's her alarm. That's yeah. I, love it. I sometimes I'll take I'll take <laughs> lipstick. I'll put lipstick on. I'll kiss the mirror and I'll write a note for myself to find the next day. 
What I would do for, listen, if I'm your lover, I used to want to make sure you felt loved. Really? I want to give you a bath. I want to massage you. I want to teach you things to eat and help you with your business and fix your family. Oh, and that sounds a lot, like a lot. It's too much. <laughs> that sounds because, like a, I mean, it sounds grand. It sounds like On the receiving me. end. No, it sounds like pick me. <laughs> yeah, okay. It sounds like sounds pick like me. Yeah. So I started doing even 10% of that for myself. Mm-hmm. What a difference of a life. Right. You know, and then what am I inspiring for my kids? My, my, all of my kids. I have three gift kids. You know, mm-hmm. they have their own moms and dads, but I get to now be the fun ex-stepmom that sends them, you know, memes and cartoons mm-hmm. and thoughts. But what I'm always pushing underneath is you got this. Right. Who you are right now is amazing. I don't care if someone in school says you don't have the right this or the right that. What is great about you? Lead with that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because with Grace, I feel like, like you said, you're not like paying attention to what's going on online. You have to like see what's happening, do these di- deep dives into it. But you've had so many public things happening. Do you pay attention to what people say about you at all? <sighs> you know, <clears throat> I I really I really <laughs> fell in love with my my third husband and had worked with so many artists and traveled with them in the world. Who's your third husband? Usher. Usher. Okay. Yeah. So I just didn't even think that that would become a thing. Oh. Right. But but meaning that, think about this, <laughs> months, weeks before that, I'm with two different artists who are big, big, big in the world mm-hmm. at the same location, location in Malibu. We've been having our little, I thought, secret whatever for like a year now. Mm-hmm. When those first pictures came online in Malibu, mm-hmm. I freaked out. Right. And I freaked out more about my own children. I bet L.A. Oh, Reid yeah. once when I was an executive mm-hmm. that you couldn't find a photo of me online. Right. I, I wasn't doing trade photos every time I got promoted. I didn't feel like it was about me until Melody Hobson said, you're writing yourself out of history. So yeah. now I take pictures. Okay. But Good. Thank you, Melody. But um, so, yeah, that was shocking to me. And what was shocking to me was the level of hate. You know, the level of anger, things, people making things up, armchair critics. But you know what? That's what made me write the book. Because I felt deeply emotionally disturbed that people are so sad in their own being that they want to strike out at people they don't even know. Right. And that just, I, just, I went to such deep empathy around that. Like, I don't have that. I don't have that, any feature of that. I want everyone to win. I love people's successes. I If I don't know you, I'm just like, do your thing. So that was a hard thing to experience. Also, I had to talk to paparazzi a few times and be like, listen, I'm never going to come out of the car with my pussy out. You know, you're not going to find me. Like, it's never. So I'm boring. Shoot him. I'll get out of the way. Please leave me alone. Like, right. this is not what's you didn't happening. Ex- I mean, you were with Usher. I mean, you were married to Usher. Like, you had to think that people were going to be fascinated with you. you. You know, I really wasn't a person who leaned into people's love stories outside of my own. And I worked with a million, I mean, I've been around the world with a huge artist. Yeah, right. But we didn't know you were married to them though. So. But that's the thing. I had <laughs> yeah, to that, really think about it. And you know what's funny? What really made me think about it is that I was traveling for a long time. I did a bunch of jobs. I was out of the country with Jay. I was out of the country with Kanye and different people. But um, when that whole thing happened with Usher, I had to realize like, why? And then I thought about my times with people like Lionel Richie mm-hmm. or Mariah Carey. <clears throat> and then it made sense about Usher because you love Jay and you love Kanye and, and their songs mean a lot to you. But a song that you maybe lost your virginity to or got married <laughs> they to. They have a connection. So there's an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's why the relationship meant more. I felt like I failed in every area because I could care. I mean, look at my hair. I could care less about getting fancy. I didn't want to be on the red carpet. I just, you know, it, it wasn't my, it wasn't a place that was comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. I loved him and I loved what we were building and I loved all the philanthropic things we were doing. But that version of a world that's aspirational, not knowing me because of the outside, 
I didn't want to be a part of that. Are you the, Were you also reluctant, even in the beginning of your relationship, to take it to that level? Oh, yes. Outside of work, like, okay. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, when that you, is. When you start off you as work mm -hmm. and then it crosses over. Well, I felt like I'd done it smart because I worked the label. He brought in Justin to sign. So I didn't work with him in that way. You know, right. he was, and then I quit. <laughs> I had a friend who had a who killed, took his life, and I did not enjoy the way it was handled. And I couldn't be in a space anymore that didn't support human life mm. as the number one thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel so much that. It, it was more that I was worried about my own kids. Right. It was a thing where all of a sudden the media was picking up them and talking oh, about okay. them. Yeah. And that's when I was like, this is not. And I said, I, will, I don't need to ever see this person again if this is going to hurt my children. And I remember calling Miss Leaf, mm -hmm. classic, and I said, you know, I'm so sorry about this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love this her is... name. <laughs> sorry. You. I'm so sorry about this. And she said, what? I got more followers. Like I was, I felt <laughs> like on, I Lee. hit Come the on, jackpot mama. of parenting. Like, Come on, mama. Right? She was so confident that she was like, it was the best. And then I hit my son and he said, oh, I didn't even notice. So, you know, it was it was from that perspective that it all started. But yeah, I, I that was very difficult for me. Right. The, I did not, the, the backlash for yeah, being with him, just, yeah. Yeah, for, I understand what you're saying, though, because I feel like just similar to you, I'm never going to go online and bash anybody. So when someone does it to you, it kind of makes you feel empathy for them because what is going on in your life that you feel the need to be this way because happy people don't do things like that a thousand percent yeah and that's i've always felt like that that kind of helps me what's your relationship like now with us are you still friends or oh yeah okay i don't know friends i think that i don't want to over romanticize that when you end and everyone's like it's rosy <laughs> you know it was complicated i had a lot of opinions about things posts and you know you do um but in preparation for all of this, because I've never been in this role, I've always been the grand supporter and happy to be there. And if it weren't really about joy and if I, I weren't feeling a, such a joyless world right now, the whole planet, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing this. And it's easy for me to st sit here and talk about this because I understand that I have this platform. Right. But I reached out to everybody before I came to talk to you all, especially. Right. <laughs> uh, hey. No, hey. just because, just because yeah, no. we know each other. Yeah, You've seen me other. in some yes. weird situations. Right. And... We're about to get into that, too. Yeah, so, <laughs> great. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's go Let's there. Let's go there. Uh, so, okay. so, yeah. yeah, so no, I mean, definitely. I wanted, I wanted him to read the book. Also, to be honest, I didn't want my book usurped with a bunch of social media shit that's not about the book. Right. So I didn't want it to be the first opportunity. The last time I've actually spoken was to write the letter about why we were no longer going to be. Yeah. So I didn't want the book to turn into a usher and grace Tell and a, yeah Lord. that's not what this is about no there's no version of that you know and renee is killing his life he did the most amazing thing during the pandemic him and his wife lalette i'm so proud of the whole roll up and helping mm -hmm. artists um um you know um cash in on their own reality at a time where they only survived on performing and now there wasn't right and when people have tried to do those roll-ups in the past they didn't support the artists mm -hmm. actual so i was really proud of them and this is not, I, when I'm 75, I'll write it because <laughs> everybody will want to hear that book about all the wild shit because they'll be old yeah. and they'll want to be sexy. But now people are <laughs> like in I the life. I live, child. Yeah. Yo, I have some stories. How did you get to a good place of co-parenting? Because your first husband did get remarried. Lillette, I know her um, too. I remember yeah, her yeah. from those those days also. They're still married. Was it, yeah, I remember when, yeah. you know, all that was happening. But how did you guys get into it? Was it difficult at first or? Yeah, that was a, a it was about pride swallowing for me. You know what, it, I did, was not raised with my father. My father was in and out of institutions and, you know, he was in jail for most of my life. And so I didn't have that. And the stuff that I ran around with as a preteen wanting everyone plug in because I was just looking for love and mm -hmm. super promiscuous. And, you know, are you my mom? I love her. You're 
I didn't want my daughter to have that. And she was such a daddy's girl. So immediately the most important thing was a mediation. I wanted to separate. You know, when we were when we were fucking and making people, we were having a great time. So why should they <laughs> reap the the pain of now we're not together? Why right. should it be their reality? Right. I did things that I thought were so important, like, okay, now we're gonna live separately. Instead of them having to schlep their shit everywhere, I left every other weekend when it was Renee's weekend and stayed at my friend Jason's house so that they weren't the, the kids in school like I my parent I left my homework here and I, because I just was thinking mostly about them and you know the good news is Renee felt a little guilty about how things went down so he was happy to be in mediation with me and also we share we're very similar upbringings mm-hmm. so he understood what that felt like as well that's so good we jumped right into that and stayed on the side had mediation so that I could get my heart in a good place and him you know there's two sides to every relationship and then there's a third side of what really happened there from them in between their truths and it was important for me to get there so I could look in my children's eyes forever and say I tried everything and how was it for you coming into the life for like you said Usher had children already yeah so even going to meet his kids because that's not an easy thing also because there's other people involved too um I so when I was writing my list of another partner you know I put on there they have to have kids because mm-hmm. I was I sh- shop was closed I did it <laughs> shop is closed I did it twice party done I was like no more people are <laughs> squishing out of my crotch <laughs> that's not as fun as they try to make it out and I'm blessed I have two amazing children you know and now I have five I have gift kids I love them all um, but I took that very seriously mm-hmm. and what people don't realize is, you know we Usher and I were together five years and lived before. in different states before we were a, a thing and I I think that that's something that we really have to protect. Yeah. And I and I feel like it's a it's a responsibility of not just the parents but of anyone coming into that to not only lean into that person's um comfortability around their children but also the children because different children handle different things at different times. Right. You can have a a very shy child or a very clingy child and we'll take that as to mean something else. I also really promote books. Kids mm-hmm. books are so good. Right. And they really help you tackle certain issues. So I would get kids books and read them to my kids and be also like oh I sh- oh it's saying I should you know like <laughs> I'm learning here I'm learning here too I'm grown hey right, I'm sure learning from a kids learning. book when yeah. have we ever grown really <laughs> so this is true yeah. alright and then since we do know some people in common Amir aka Questlove yeah, the best. right um, so I didn't realize this at first, but you guys eventually did let people know that you guys were in a relationship. Yes. And I've never seen him do that before. He is so, like, fiercely private. He seems very private. He's very private. With I feel his like, life. you know, to be honest with you, we've been friends for 30-something years. Mm-hmm. And I don't, we didn't do this intentionally, but it felt very much like, okay, if, 20, if 2019, we're both still fucked up, we'll meet at Earth <laughs> at 17th Street and four, and we'll get each other straight. Because we've just ebbed and flows and flowed into each other's lives over and over and so many times. Mm-hmm. And in really important times, um, I never would talk about Bonita Applebaum before because right. I didn't want to be, you know, in those days, like I didn't want to be a, a video hoe. Right. Uh-huh. You were like embarrassed. Now, embarrassed yeah. right. You wouldn't be in the video. You said you were like, I don't want anybody to know about this. I wanted right. to have a career. And in those days, it was really, you had to really Pick. decide. And yeah. so I remember just moments where it was really time for me to step up. You know, I've been being backstage at a concert and Amir being in there and saying to someone, you know, that she's blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so it, it really was a mutual time of help. He wanted to do the movie. He was questioning whether he could be a director, which is insane if you're a musical director and a drummer and a DJ, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to lean into that part and just didn't have an, any idea how to do that. And so I think the reason that he was so comfortable being so front and center with our, our, our relationship was because 
it was so aspirational right. in so many ways. We really saw each other in truth. We really wanted to help each other. And neither of us had ever really been in something that was, um, you know, there's, I had a life coach who said there's three kinds of people in the world. There are matchers, takers, and givers. And being a people pleaser, I only attracted takers, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a lot to take. Right. And I want to just bleed myself dry to, to do that. And Amir's also more of a matcher person or a giver person. Right. So it was a really nice experience for each other to be in a relationship that was about matching, about seeing each other and giving each other what we need and also at times what we don't need, mm-hmm. like pulling back and, and having the time to also be in our own space and take our own time and having a relationship that supported that. I thought that was nice for him to be able to, for the first time ever, publicly be like, do an article where you're in the home and showing people the home that you share together. Because like I said, I've never seen him, you know, do anything like that. Um, Did it at all occur to you like, well, what if, you know, we take this next step and things don't work out and I lose my friend who I've been friends with for 30 years? Well, because I'm an older lady... (laughs) I we really talked through everything in the beginning and most of the stuff he wrote the most beautiful I I rejected and Audrey can can confirm mm-hmm. that I needed to have any celebrities quoting or saying anything about this book because we're all creators. I seen what he wrote in here. Yeah. And he wrote I cried <laughs> yeah. when he wrote yeah. that. And so I was really working yes. on that. So one of the things I did right away was say this is where I am in truth. This is what I can offer in truth. You know, it's not you're not going to get 10% of all my dazzle show from the past, but you're going to get the true me. And um, and also I want to just say up front, I don't believe that anything's forever. And so some people take that as to, to sound unromantic, but to me that's the most romantic. Because if I can say to you, I can give you a full, a full grace today mm-hmm. versus some fictitious, we're going to die together. Mm-hmm. You know, I was <laughs> laughing that Disney and Anscape wanted me because I crapped on Disney so hard in, in, my, um, <laughs> in the pr- presentation about how we've all been taught that someone completes you and now you're whole. Yeah. And I've had to go back and say that's not really what Disney's promoting. They're promoting, I think I said this the other day, I thought it was funny. If you really look at the princess stories, these men had to work a lot. Right. They had to <laughs> climb a tower and <laughs> climb up someone's hair and yes. live with dwarves. And, it's all task. So, yeah, so that's the truth of it. And we deserve that. And I feel like the relationship that we had was amplifying that for each other. Mm-hmm. And throughout our entire families, all, literally my nephew had a birthday two days ago. We have a family chat. I forget that he, like he's, everyone's, congratulations. And there's a mirror. Happy birth, like just, Aww. just in the you know? chat. <laughs> so, are you are you open to getting married again? What's are you? What, what are you? Are you dating I now? You singing now? You want to get married again? She loves it. Yeah. I love falling in love. I think it's so fun. The beginning, the right? beginning is bomb. I have a game I play, and if you can't keep up, you're out. It's the, so I'll send you a song, and it's exactly what I'm saying. And you can't respond in words; you have to respond in a song. Oh, that's got to be kind of. Well, I mean, you're a music girl, so you it's, know. It's fun. you. you, yeah, can you do kind it. of have an edge, but Questlove you, might have more good, of an edge. You'd be good. To, yeah, he would have more of an edge. I don't know who yeah. has more of an edge here, but he definitely has. Well, that's a battle. Yeah. They have a battle quite around a catalog. That. So he might is, write a song and then send it back. I know, right. <laughs> I might too. If it doesn't exist. <laughs> she said, I might too. So are you single now or are you dating or do you have a man? What's or a woman? Um, I reject having a man. Okay. I don't have any any owners, but okay. I do have a friend. You have a friend. I have, okay. a, I have more than a friend, actually. Uh, he told me the day I can't call him a friend. It's rude. So yes, but I am. Is he famous? No. Okay. In, in his own reality, I guess. Okay. Aren't we all? Right. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I am not looking for anything in life right now more than just someone who's in support of the journey I'm on and I'm mm-hmm. just learning to fall in love with myself this is new okay right. so that is the most important thing is is how I treat myself right now and and anything that gets in the way of that is an enemy to it 
So uh, there's a person in my life who literally for five years was just not going away. And smart, <laughs> like every six months would come back like, ready now? And uh, <laughs> that is ready now? Man. See, guys know that too. They know mm-hmm. there's somebody that's always going to be checking in. the in. wings. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what was interesting about it was when I was leaning out of it every time, I started to, okay, you know what? I'm doing the old thing because I'm putting what it is on paper. But when I'm around that person, how I feel is delicious. Okay. And so it That's feels nice frightening, actually, because right. I'm I'm good, better at the other. I'm better when I'm having to give you the show because I'm really controlling it. Mm-hmm. But really, this experience of just like it's truly a roller coaster. <sighs> Okay, I'm gonna go with you, and it feels uncomfortable, and so that's the real work. And you know, yeah. it's funny. Um, uh, what's his name? Ram Das. He said this quote once, and I never really <clears throat> took it in to, to. I never connected to it, but he said that he meditated. He learned to meditate and was meditating for ten years, but then he went home to his core family, and everything went out the window. And I'm noticing, you know, I've been allowing myself to lean into this the last six months. I was celibate for four years. Mm-hmm. I really worked hard to, you know, to really readdress what was happening with me. And um, um, it was just, it's been funny to see that as much as I understand this intellectually and I know it, but being in practice with an open heart is really a lot of work and very frightening. Yeah, it is scary because you're like, is this always going to feel like this? Or is this a temporary thing? Is this real? It is definitely scary. Yes. And you know what, though? If I said to you, oh, I want to change my body and I want to get a personal trainer, I'd be complaining, bragging to you. Oh, I couldn't even sit in the toilet because my <laughs> thighs were so weak and so, you know, in so much pain from that experience. And we have to start to understand as a world that two opposing forces can also always be true. Right. And that is that joy is your birthright. And it's easy when you lean into it. And also it's fucking hard mm-hmm. because I believe we learned our first love relationship pre-verbal. So in the same way you go back to your first, you go back to your school, it looks so small, it looks so big. So I feel like our heart stuff is that. If, let's say you're my mom, mm-hmm. and um, you're talking to Jasmine, and you're saying, oh, for three days I was nursing Grace, and it was just so beautiful. We're looking into each other's eyes. It's magic. I could feel, like, the endorphins and oxytocin, and we're love. And then the seventh day, you get an, a, a phone call. Jasmine calls you and gives you bad news. I, for the, in my seven-year-old life, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So now I'm creating a dynamic that's not there. Mm-hmm. Now, day nine, you're telling Jasmine, so cute, whenever I nurse Gracie, she plays with my elbow. You know what I did? That's my first performative love gesture. It's the first time I realized I gotta keep this love going. Mm-hmm. My daughter oh. does it. Not mm-hmm. when I nurse her, because I can nurse her, but when I get, when I, she does like this. She plays with your, yeah. 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 So, oh, then so, she grabs my arm to hug her. <laughs> so, but see, that's wonderful. And that's wonderful that you're a mother that's leaning into that, because mm-hmm. what she's, she's showing you by grabbing your arm at the beginning is I don't know how to ask but I want some love I'm feeling scared and mm-hmm. I want some love and you're a mother who's leaned into that mm-hmm. but if you don't have a parent who's right. aware because the first time anyone's a parent you're an amateur like the first time anyone's making yeah. a human yeah. you're yeah. a complete amateur <laughs> yeah so we're making mistakes and right. I feel like we're, de- we're designed to because these little people are here to show us our own rebirth and bring us into our own pleasure and our own joy but we don't realize that the things that we learn pre-verbal they're not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. So I had to do the work of unpacking that. Wait, is love actually scary? No, actually, what's scary is the grasping of love. Being in this state I'm in right now is fantastic. I'm having a ball. It's Everything's yeah. new. Everything's it's really exciting. Yeah. It's so fun. It's always my favorite part. The beginning, but, right? <laughs> the be- yeah, me too. And sex at the beginning, By the way, I like too. there's a way to keep that alive forever. That's a whole other conversation. Uh-oh. We can do that as well. But so leaning into that, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. leaning <laughs> into that was hard, but at the same time, 
I know that I have my own inner GPS, my heart, and I also believe I believe very strongly in, in God, a God of my understanding. Everyone has a different understanding of God. And so I know that what God has done for me in the past will do again and more. They're not going to just drop me on my ass today. Mm-hmm. So I have to just, that goes back to the most important part of this book, learning to trust yourself. Right. And sometimes also we know that relationships do take work, but sometimes we feel bad like, how do you know when it's just time to let it go? When it doesn't feel good. So it because starts with being honest. Be There's many times it doesn't feel good, though. Right. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's be honest here, mm-hmm. right? You make your long list of everything you want in a person. I want them to do this. I mean, here's on mine, I had someone who has a, a daily spiritual practice. But really, I didn't have one. <laughs> I had one for the gram, you know. <laughs> but to really, I don't know if that's my daughter's going to die of me trying to use popular <laughs> slang. I'm sorry, Miss Leaf. But, you know, it's it's really the truth is, is that I do know what feels good. Mm-hmm. And we do know. And when we with people we love, we often have that little, mm, or that mm, but we don't say it. So when we let those little dings in, we're getting to a place where we're not being honest with that person or ourselves anymore. So we know. We just don't want to know. We right. want to hold on because we've been taught that there's only one fish in the whole sea. So we get the thing and we're like, Ugh. And we also don't ever want to like quit and feel like we quit on someone or something. So don't quit on yourself. Yeah. Because that's what we do first when we go into something that's not really for us. Right. If you have this long list and you've worked to be everything on that list, since we're magnetic and we attract magnetically, then that person's not for you. If they're not matching your love, if they're not giving in the way that your love language is to give, then this is what I mean about the deal memo. Start from the beginning with the truth of what you really desire and then teach yourself to be entitled enough to have it. And then you won't be in a situation where something all of a sudden deceives you and is different. Now, people do change. But it's honest with, with, you know what, this was feeling great for seven months. But Jasmine, you no longer rub my head as I fall asleep. And that's a deal breaker. I'm out. (laughs) And not that abruptly, but with love. It's like back to to Questlove. It's like we can love each other because we understood what we both wanted. And we also understood what we wanted was no longer there in between us. Okay. So that is, it's, it's every way getting true with yourself and knowing that that's the only way to live a life. That's the She's always on good terms with people too when it ends. No. I just no, 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 no. It I takes feel, a long time. Okay, I was gonna say because it I seems feel like, like, it, yeah, seems like it, everybody's it, like, no, we're good, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I no, just fade out. everyone's always good. It's just that we want to be. <laughs> we want to again. I'm on the radio. I want to sound like everything's good. It took a long time. You know, I had I had to really lick my wounds. I was hurt. I I felt like you know I was being a people pleaser is really code for wanting to feel like a good person all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a gold star in itself. So being a, a yucky person who just is selfish and stands up for themselves has a lot of judgment in the world. Right. So I had to get comfortable being that icky person. Okay. For myself. Well, listen, guys, this we could go on and yeah, on and on. <laughs> listen, the joy strategist. I'm so happy that we had a chance to do this because I know we talked about this like years ago. Yeah. About you coming up here yes. and, and talking about the work that you do as a joy strategist, the first of its kind. <laughs> the, um, the originator. Yeah, the originator. How can people reach you, you know, just because yeah. of the work that you do? I know um, you work here in New York, right? Is it? I live upstate New York in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas. Right. Okay. I go between. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, first you can, I mean, the joy, the joy com. if you want to make an appointment or to, or talk or look at things or old articles or other experiences. I do play dates live. So you can see some of those on there. Um, also, Instagram at Grace Harry. Um, pretty accessible. I really just want to lead the revolution of joy so that we can get on to actually having fun in this world and not just, you know, 
where's my job? Is he cheating? <laughs> and please read this book. There's some great information in here. One of the things I love was um, declaring yourself a victim only keeps you victimized. Mm. Because I definitely know people who are always saying, this happened to me, or this person did this to me, or how could you do this? And I've seen that happen in situations where people are always the victim, and therefore they cannot manifest the things that they need in their life to get to the next level. Yeah, it's called manafucking. Manafucking. Okay. It's when you want the thing, <laughs> but you're really saying something else inside with, of yourself so you can't get to the thing because you're running a different program. Well, Grace, Harry, again, thank you so much. You're always welcome to come up here. Thank you. So this is a great conversation. And um, I'm going to ask people, what, are you, what have you heard about me from when I meet them from now on? Like, what, are you, what have you heard about well, me? Well, people you trust. Yeah, I, I, I trust, trust you. But not everyone is good at giving advice or information outside of their own perspective. Mm -hmm. And I could tell right away that you are. Right. And that's a that's an advanced math skill. A lot of people say, oh, you're going to get married. You shouldn't get married. I've been divorced. But that's not fair. Right. So I ask, ask people that you know are going to give you um, a, a, a reflective perspective. Okay. Well, one thing I did hear was that she is uh, very, what do they say, very flowing and free. And I do get that from you. Well, so thank you. Thank All right. You. It's Way Up with Angela Yee, the joy strategist, Grace Harry. Thank you so much. Way Up. It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., you don't even need a passport. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Go to visitusvi.com to plan your next vacation. Visit usvi.com. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas in May. I cannot wait. USVI and naturally in rhythm. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.